Welcome back to Bike Chats with an Expat. I'm Lacey, an expat. In season one, I have an episode called Our Moving Story. If you'd like to go listen to that, it talks a lot about the logistics of us moving from America to Japan and what it was like to settle here. As soon as we got here, we needed to start learning Japanese. And my husband was going to enter into this proper language school language program. And the idea was for me to be spending a lot of time with our kids. They were one and three at the time at the park, talking with moms, um, talking with people at church, trying to get organically whatever language I could until a later time where maybe the kids were in school or something. And then I would be going to language school, perhaps something like that. But we arrived in March of 2020 and most of the things in the country kind of closed, including language schools. And so my husband actually had a really hard time finding a language school that was open. Some of them were offering online options. Some were just closed for a while. But anyway, he landed in a program and was able to carry on with that. But we both came to Japan with almost zero language. Um, The group that we're working with They offer up to two years or maybe a year and a half or something of language learning uh, for onboarding their employees. And so we knew that we were going to be in Japan learning Japanese for a while. And I remember there came a point after a few months into living here where I would um, maybe walk up to a sign on the door of a shop or something like they were closed or um, just trying to read any sign. It was such a disheartening process after a while to keep going up to signs and keep realizing, oh yeah, I I still can't read. But I remember doing that once whenever I was on the phone with a friend. I went up to a sign and I said, oh, I still can't read. And she giggled and I realized it, although it had been disheartening, it was something that I could giggle about and just appreciate the ridiculousness of the situation. And man, I am so thankful for that friend. There are two alphabets in Japanese. One is called hiragana, and it is for native words. And then one is called katakana, and it's for borrowed words. And so what's nice about that is that you can tell if you have a chance of understanding the word. (laughs) So like if it's in katakana, you can be like, oh, this might be a borrowed English word. Sometimes it's a borrowed French word or borrowed German word, which isn't terribly helpful if you only know English. But for example, the word automatic, automatiku. And it's just all these little word puzzles that you get to play (laughs) all day long. So automatiku, automatic, suteki, steak, you know, table, table. Okay. So learning some of those katakana words is really helpful. Fun little katakana puzzles every day trying to figure out uh, what this word could possibly mean. I'm not going to lie. There were days where it was somewhat torturous and there were days where it was just really fun to try and figure those things out. But I remember even being here for nine months so we got here in March that December there there's a few different phrases that you say on New Year's there's one that you say right before the New Year and the one that you say on New Year's Day well now I don't know if you say that same phrase after the New Year's or I don't remember (laughs) I couldn't even say Happy New Year's to people the first year we were here and it's not terribly long Akemashite omedetou gozaimasu. But I, I remember that feeling really 
disheartening too. And I think through all of that, I was dealing with some anxiety and, and some depression at the time. And so my learning brain was also pretty shut down. Uh, the summer that we arrived in Japan, so just a couple months after we got here, my daughter started uh, daycare. And although there were some really rough parts about her experience with language learning, um, it ended up being such a great benefit for us, for her to be in that school. And her teachers were just so wonderful and really, really patient with me and trying to help me uh, to learn Japanese and trying to help me to to learn the school culture and learn all the, the very long list of things that kids need. Many of those things I didn't really know what they were or why we use them. So her, their, the teachers were always so, so kind and so helpful. And it, it was around this point, around the summertime, where I started realizing I was going to need to go to language school. And so I actually did start language school about six months after we got here. And so both of my kids were in uh, Japanese daycares, and I was my husband and I were both in language school. And so our whole family was going through this process of trying to learn Japanese. And there, it was costly. We were all really tired at the end of the day. We had all spent all of our energy, you know, throughout the day trying to learn this other language. And so as a family, we were really exhausted. I am so happy to say, though, that the benefits associated with that have also been really great. It's been a really big blessing for us. This part of my life has kind of changed the way I see the foreigner. For six months, I had almost zero Japanese. And then for the year after that, even though I had been in language school, my functional Japanese was still pretty close to zero. You know, I, I could do little things like introduce myself, tell you how many siblings I have, that kind of thing. But as far as actually being in a conversation, that was still a long time coming at that point. And so I knew what it was like to not know how to speak to anybody around me. And it always meant so much to me, and it still means so much to me when another person says in English, good morning or good afternoon or something like that. Even if that's the only English that they're able to use, it means so much. And there, there was also this other layer of language learning, though, where I was really nervous to practice my Japanese with somebody because I had such limited Japanese. And so I knew that if I said, oh, hi, y'all, good morning, they were going to say something back. And if it was anything other than, oh, hi, y'all, good morning, I wasn't going to understand them. <laughs> and I really had to start overcoming that sense of being scared to be out of my depths with the language. And so what I mean by that is I wouldn't want to say Ohio. Like I could say good morning. I can do that much. But I wouldn't want to because I was scared that the person would think that just because I said Ohio, now I'm totally fluent in the language. And then I would have to, at some point in the conversation, stop them and just tell them, I don't understand anything you're saying. <laughs> and I don't know why I was so scared to do that because, because my fear was that they would find out that I didn't know everything in Japanese. But by not saying anything... <laughs> 
I was either one, showing them that I don't know any Japanese anyway, so same conclusion, or two, that I didn't want to talk to them. And there was actually a friend of mine who told me that for a while she kind of thought I was a little cold. And, and I think part of that is because I was scared to use my language with her. I was scared to use my Japanese because I knew that at some point I would have to say, I'm sorry, I don't understand. But man, it would have been better, I think, to say good morning or to say ohayo instead of not. So I have two kind of if I could go back thoughts and then one moving on from here thought. One, to tell myself, Lacey, it's okay to say I don't know. And two, keep your phone charged at all times because Google Translate and Google Maps are going to be your best friends for about two years. <laughs> and then going ahead, I really want to be mindful of the foreigners in my space. I want to encourage you to be mindful of foreigners in your space. Even if all you can figure out how to say is good morning and you can't even say it very well, it is going to mean much to that person that you have found a connecting point to talk to them in their heart language. So I would just encourage you to figure that out. I'm going to do that too this week. I have a couple of friends who speak a few different languages, so I'm going to learn a little bit more about their languages this week. That is going to be super fun. I'll see you next time. Did you know that hosting a podcast costs money? It's not much, but it does add up. So I'm looking for five people who can commit to $3 a month or more over on my Patreon site. With each level of monthly membership, there's a special bonus to say thank you. The link is in the show notes to go on over to Patreon and support there. Thank you for listening to Bike Chats with an Expat. I'm Lacey, an expat. I live in Japan with my husband and two kids. When we first moved here, I would use my short morning commute on my bicycle to call friends and family back home. It was so good for my soul, and now I want to share that time with you. But maybe not on my bike because that's a little windy. Bless the souls and the ears of the folks that I called all those mornings. <laughs> all right, I'll see you next time. Bye.